Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, the Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com. Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show and I'm joined today by Dr. Susan Corso. She is a metaphysician and intuitive and an author of both fiction and nonfiction. She has had a spiritual counseling practice for over 40 years. Her latest nonfiction are the eight energy integrity workbooks. They teach applied practical knowledge of your chakras, which reflect your past, how your chakras can be changed in the present, and how to use your own human energy systems to create your future. Her fiction crosses genres and is about people who are conscious creators. She lives in the Hudson River Valley in Cupcake Manor with her beloved husband and her familiar smooch. And I got to say, Susan, it's it does happen to me often, but I got crazy goosebumps reading your biographies. So clearly <laughs> there's like spirits in the room. They are ready for us to have this conversation. Welcome to the show. It's such a delight to meet you. Thank you so much. It's a delight to meet you all the way around the world. All the way around the world. That's right. For our listener at home, uh, Susan is in the States and I'm in Australia, which is sometimes confusing because I'm a Canadian who lives in Australia, but there you have it. All right, Susan. So today let's, uh, well, I guess I'll let you, my beautiful listener know that today we're going to be talking all about chakras and I've never done an episode that's fully dedicated to the chakras. So I've been at the edge of my seat waiting for this conversation. Susan also has a free gift for you. And we're going to talk about that at the very end. So make sure you stick with us, Susan, before we get into all things chakras and how chakras are an essential um, I guess, property energy, I'm not even sure how we would sort of generalize it, but an essential thing for you to know in your spiritual journey, I would love to know about where your spiritual journey began. I mean, if you've been doing spiritual consulting for 40 years, girl, you've been in it for a while. Yes. Uh, as so, as so many of us, my spiritual journey began through tragedy. And uh, I, I do not um, exaggerate when I say that. Uh, essentially, I I had a son who, and I'm you know, warning, you know, this is dramatic. I had a son who died the day he was born. And it was a T in the road for me. It was a full T in the road for me. I'd been dancing around spiritual things for a while by then. But when my son died, uh, and I didn't heal. I could not heal. I could not figure out how to get better. And nine months to the day after he was born and died, a woman showed up in my third eye and said, hi. And I said, hi. She said, I'm Mary. I said, hi, Mary. And she kind of looked at me and said, uh, Jesus, mom. And I, I went, what? And she vanished. And I thought, wait, what happened? I didn't know what to make of that. 
certainly wasn't expecting the Blessed Virgin Mary to show up in my third eye anytime, any day. But she checked on me every day for nine months. Now, many years later, I found out that often human grieving happens in deeply in nine month increments because it mimics the gestation period. Wow. So it made sense that she showed up nine months after my son died. And then nine months later, she spoke to me again, exactly to the day. She said, do you want to know how I did it? And I knew immediately what she meant. And I said, yes. And she said, I gave him away. And those words changed my life because that's the day I gave my Isaac away and I decided to heal and get better. So nine months after that, I went back to her in prayer and I said, um, could I work for you? And she said, sure. And I've been working for her ever since. Well, that's such a, that's such a beautiful end to such a tragedy, isn't it? And when you talk about seeing um, Mother Mary in your third eye for the first time, just for a listener at home who's maybe still familiarizing themselves with that, we will talk about the third eye chakra on this show, by the way. Uh, Susan, I've recently understood that I'm a medium and a clairvoyant. And I, I will tell you that when I started seeing out of my third eye, it was like I understood. Whereas before, I think I kind of always thought it was in my head. Can you sort of explain how that apparition sort of presented itself to you in your third eye? Like, how would you describe it to someone who's never experienced that before? Um, she looked to me like an actress in a costume. Now, all of my business history was working on Broadway. So I knew about actors and I knew about costumes. So for me, it made sense that she looked like an actress in a costume. I don't know if she would appear that way to everybody. Mm -hmm. Somebody who was raised, I mean, for example, I wasn't raised in the Catholic church. Somebody who was raised in the Catholic church and completely familiar with Mother Mary might see her with a glowing heart, the immaculate heart of Mary. I didn't even know there was such a thing. So mm -hmm. it wouldn't have meant anything to me if I'd seen it. So I think Mary appears the way the viewer, if you will, needs to see it yeah she was uh, she was ephemeral she had sort of a fuzzy outline and I knew that even though I felt like I imagined her I couldn't possibly have conjured her up because yeah. she wasn't part of my consciousness I didn't know I mean she she, she said Jesus mom like it, Mary didn't mean Jesus mom to me even. Yeah. Yeah. That's how little spiritual connectedness I had to religious structures like that. So the other thing I think that people, people think about, you know, third eye visions or clairvoyance is, is that it feels the same as seeing with your eyes. It doesn't. We use language like I see, I saw the, the mother appear in my third eye. But for me, because my gift is not clairvoyance, it's clairaudience. I hear voices and I have since I was a child. Or I am clairsentient. 
I get a sense in my body of something. It was more, I sensed the energy of Mother Mary that then morphed itself into a picture that I would recognize as Mary. Yeah. Yeah. As, as opposed to someone who, for example, grew up with prayer cards, Mary in that blue veil. My Mary didn't have a blue veil and she wasn't a white girl because yeah. Mary wasn't a white girl and she didn't wear blue veils because there weren't blue veils. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, right? There's, there's, yeah. it, so it depends on what your own iconography is, which is actually, interestingly, a great segue into the chakra system because mm -hmm. most people think that chakras are these sort of discrete hockey pucks that hang on a ribbon inside your body. And they're so not that. They're not that at all. Although, and and there's a kind of candy in the U.S. called sweet tarts, which mm -hmm. is sort of pastel little flat pucks, right? And I think that's what people think. They, you know, you glue them on a ruler up your <laughs> spine or a ribbon up your spine, you know. I don't see them see them that way at all i sense them as three-dimensional energetic spheres of light mm. which i believe are the life force the human life force is brilliant white light it's electricity it's energy and i think the chakras are that life force you can call it chi prana ki Mana, you can call it herald as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't really matter. But it's that viewed through a prism, which is why they show up in the colors. Mm, which is beautiful. why I say to people, don't ever, ever, ever protect yourself with white light. It's too strong. White light is for emergencies like 9-11. Right? You don't use white light in everyday life. You use rainbows. And you use rainbows because rainbows are useful. You, if your energy system were a needed red from me, it'd be better if I had a rainbow and you didn't have to go finding red, right? I just wrap myself on a rainbow, like I'm in a barber pole, but rainbow colored instead of red, white, and blue. I feel like, okay, I have a lot of questions that I wanted to ask before we got into chakras, but I'm going to ask this question on what you've just said. Then I'm going to go back and then we're going to go forward. For our listener at home, I hope you can follow along. I think it makes sense in my brain. It should come out. We need to talk about the white light. We need to talk about the rainbow a little bit more in depth for a minute, just while we're on the subject. So um, I know in a few minutes, we are going to talk about all the different chakras and the different colors. And we're going to go into this conversation a little bit more. And they really do make up the rainbow. And I would imagine somebody listening to this episode is familiar with that already, because um, we do tend to talk about, you know, a lot of spiritual subjects on here. So I don't think anyone's learning about this for the first time. However, I was always taught to protect with white light. So I'm confused about what you just said, girl, can you please explain it again um in another way <laughs> yes mostly yeah. people use white light defensively my thesis is that you don't need to defend against energetic interaction most of the time if you need to defend if if you are meeting the equivalent of a bengal tiger energetically Use white light by all means. It's for emergencies. 
someone coming towards you to attack you or hit you or hurt you. Absolutely. But generally speaking, for everyday interaction, when you go to the grocery store, when you go to put gas in your car, I recommend that you get inside a rainbow that you've wrapped around yourself. And the reason for that is this. People's energy interacts with yours and mine all the time. All the time. It's not something that we can stop. Even in armor, we can't stop energetic interaction. So best to take the, the stuff of energy, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, rose, and make that available so that if anyone needs energy from you in the mall, they're not pulling from your core energy. They're pulling from energy that you wrap around you. So it's simply deliberate. So I never do a session with anyone, for example, have a conversation with anyone, call a doctor's office without making sure that I have a rainbow around me because then that gives somebody a resource to pull from me without upsetting my own energetic balance. Okay, so let me just see if I've got this correct. So we basically have energy within us that we emanate out. When you're talking about protecting yourself with a rainbow, you would be pulling from source energy, not from your own personal, let's say, glass of energy. You're pulling down source energy. You're surrounding yourself with rainbow light. So if somebody subconsciously is out there going, I need a little bit of like courage today, I'm going to take Susan's yellow solar plexus energy, instead of doing that, they're subconsciously taking the yellow from the rainbow from source energy, which doesn't deplete you. And if it's a white light energy protection, what happens then? Do they not get any energy at all? And then you're still protected or do they find another way? Often they can't use it. And what happens is it comes back to you. And it can be, if you're if you're really in an energetic uh, battle with somebody, like if you were, you know, in a dark alley and somebody started to stalk you, right, and really scare you, right? Yeah. Then you you would want a shield like that. But for everyday interaction, you don't want that. And you don't know when someone's pulling on your own energy, except somehow you leave the mall and you're toast and you can't figure out why. Yeah. And maybe... It's that the kid that waited on you in the makeup department was someone you went to high school with and she just had a terrible performance review and she was feeling awful about herself and she pulled your energy as she fixed your lipstick. And that's not anything you would ever know. Right. But suddenly you'd have a tickle in your throat or you'd need a nap or you'd be all of a sudden really dizzy or tired or right and that happens all the time I often need a nap when I leave my house and I come home I often need a nap I'm not gonna lie about that well I would yeah. be intrigued to find out if you tried my rainbow yeah around you yeah for, for a while and see if that helps you yeah because we, we have no choice. We interact energetically with other people. Now, there are things that you can do to prevent that somewhat, right? 
Mm -hmm. So one, for example, if you're giving a speech and so there's a hostile audience member and they're asking really hard questions or they're showing off themselves instead of you, the speaker, right? It's very simple. You just turn your body away and you don't match chakras and you're, st I'm still looking at you. I'm talking to you. But when I was facing you, we were much more connected and yeah. you could feel that I'm sure. Yeah. Right. So you learn, okay, wait, when you encounter the three mean girls from seventh grade, you turn your body away. You don't connect to the mean girls. You don't need that. But we're not taught how to manage our energy systems. None of us. Mm -hmm. I think we should be taught about our energy systems like we should be taught about brushing our teeth. It's a kind of hygiene in real life. And if you don't know that actually the system behind all your other systems, circulatory, respiratory, all those systems are powered by a system that we don't talk about. Ah, yeah. Like it's better when your feet are both under you when you're walking or dancing or jumping, right? When you, when a foot goes out from under you, you fall. Well, we fall energetically all the time and we can't figure out why. And it's because we don't know, we don't know that we have any choices, but energetically we all have choices. So I'm on a mission to go around the world and tell everybody that you have a chakra system and you can learn to work with it. And it's not so hard. Yeah. So turning your body's one method is also crossing your arms and crossing your legs. Another method? Uh, that can. It just depends on where they're pulling. So if you're crossing your arms in front of your heart chakra, say, but what's really happening is they're yelling at you in their minds and you don't even know it and your throat's getting pulled on, you haven't got any protection for your throat <laughs> when you do it that way, right? right. So you get, you get like, a, suddenly you have swollen glands and you go, wait a minute, what is, why is my throat being so weird? What is, oh, it must be my allergies again. And we tell ourselves a story. When in point of fact, somebody has been yelling at you in their brain, right? <laughs> and you have picked up on it energetically. And we all do. I mean, I, I never, ever met a woman, a person in my life who hasn't walked into a room and known when people were arguing and gone, oh, I got to get out of here. This feels icky. This space feels icky. Even if they're not in the room anymore, even if they're not arguing anymore, you just know. How do you, what knows? That's the place mm. where I think we need education. What knows? What knows is your energy system. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I do need to go back for a second about the white light because I just wanted to ask one more thing on that. So when you're saying that we're protecting ourselves in one light, white light and someone takes from us, they're going to send it back to us if they can't use it. Sometimes. So I, sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm confused about that because it it sounds to me like you're walking around with this beautiful angel of well I don't know why I said angel but there you go with a beautiful rainbow angel light however you know you describe it and you're like sharing 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 is caring you're like hey I've got um you know source energy extra take, take what you, extra source energy That's take right. what you want okay so 
and then I guess when we're doing ourselves, when we're protecting ourselves with white light, we're not sharing. And we would know that, you know, a big part of being here is unconditional love and opening and accepting people and, you know, helping people evolve. So is that kind of what it seems like? It's like the rainbow? Yes, I would say. Sharing and the white light is like, I'm going to keep it all for myself. It's a, right. It's a form of service. White light is based on the premise that there's something to defend yourself against. Well, if you go through your whole life, essentially on defense, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your, your dukes are up, you're ready for anyone to attack you. Well, that, isn't that what we actually do all the time? And is it any wonder that there are all these stress-based illnesses? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, crazy defended what i'm saying is mm, wrong premise there's nothing to defend darling you're whole and perfect and complete you you are an integrity to yourself right and so am i you're not deficient there's not anything flawed about you or problematic about you sure you have learning to do otherwise you wouldn't incarnate cool what are you learning it's fun Right. But taking away that posture of defense brings a whole lot of ease really fast. A whole lot of like relaxed breathing and uh, calmer being. And oh, God help us, a chance for peace. Woo. What a thought. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I feel like, you know, how um, spirit just always gives us exactly what we need. Um, Susan and I were supposed to record this episode yesterday, but I had a photo shoot and I wasn't able to do it. And so we moved it for today. And, you know, I've been really putting out to my guides to really help me understand a bit more about how to receive. And I think that, you know, learning to receive maybe even as women is really difficult, you know, to have to feel confident and worthy of receiving. And when you're talking just now, you know, I I think that it's like, we've been always taught to sort of guard our own, right? Like guard our energy or guard, you know, I better guard all the clients I have, you know, or I better guard this idea and blah, blah, blah. And really not an abundance mindset. The way that you're reframing this is really hitting home for me because I think that when we spend a lot of time in protection, we're spending a lot of time in fear. And when we spend a lot of time in fear, we stop the flow from source. We stop the flow of being able to receive. So I'm thinking I'm doing some aha moments here with you. Thank you, Susan, for <laughs> helping me be a sound, which is awesome. But like, I think my listener at home is hopefully connecting on this level too, because I think that sometimes we forget that when we spend a lot of time protecting and shielding that we're not going with the current and the flow of life. And it sounds to me like you are just of service and you're not clenched so tight. It's kind of like the idea that, you know, when we're holding on to everything so tightly, we can't be used by God and we can't flow in the way that we're meant to and I'm getting just so much confirmation like crazy goosebumps can you comment on on that I would say you're exactly right you're exactly right and the other thing about it is this 
that protection energy, and I, I don't want to go all binary on you, but it is a binary, unfortunately, is exactly how um, masculine energy is meant to behave in the world. And what has happened to women is that we want the things that men have had for many, many years. And so the conclusion that we have drawn is that we need to behave like men in order to get that. And I'm sorry, but the the energy of the feminine, I, I think there are two different ways of being. One is dynamic and dynamic is masculine. Go get it. Yeah. But one is magnetic. Yeah. which is feminine, invite it, attract it, receive it, draw it to you, right? Neither one is better than the other, but just as we mimicked men by being go get types, it's made us tired. It's made an epidemic of breast cancer because women are not nourished in the world an epidemic of female cancers, an epidemic of uh, of no cause, no healing diseases, fibromyalgia, Epstein-Barr, chronic fatigue, all those weird immune system things that nobody knows about, right? Well, then just as we needed to get some of that dynamism, men need to get some of that magnetism because what you actually want is not one or the other you want the choice between the two when you need it so that when there is you're walking along the street with a stroller and your two-year-old and there is a bengal tiger on the front of you in the front of you in front of your baby you know enough to swirl the damn stroller around and face the tiger yourself right or run right so you have the dynamic but you also have the magnetic and you default to your own natural way. And right. over the years, you know, 40, 40 years is long enough to get good at something maybe <laughs> or experienced <laughs> at something anyway, right? You, what happens is you st- I started to realize, wait, I don't have to be defended. I don't need that energy. there's no one I'm defending. No one's attacking me. I mean, I suppose I could view the world as attacking me if I wanted, but mostly it just tuckers me out. So yes, you're right. It's a way of serving and it's offering the gifts that are mine or available to me to the world by letting there be you know it's like (laughs) it's like i'm the dinner right but all these little uh, energetic things are hors d'oeuvres on the side right so you get to have your little pigs in a blanket or whatever your hors (laughs) d'oeuvres energetically and not take from dinner right so do you think there's an image that's hilarious i don't that is like the funniest (laughs) metaphor ever do you think that um (laughs) This is like an essential thing for empaths to know as well, because I'm an empath and I didn't know that I was until I started doing this podcast where I like realized it. And I just think that, you know, we spend so much of our life exhausted and thinking we're doing all the right things and 
protection and protecting and cleansing, but it's not always working. I got to say, I'm still figuring this out. So yeah, it seems like I've been missing a big connection here, which is giving without fear. And I can do that through that rainbow technique. That's really awesome. And the other, and the other thing is this, is learning how to address the things that come toward you energetically on an elemental level. This is another example, right? So I'm sure anybody you've ever talked to about clearing space has said burn sage. Yeah. You've heard that burn sage, right? I burned sage um, before I actually had a call with you. <laughs> okay. So, so sage helps clear ideas. Oh God. Okay. It's, it, it's an, it's an airborne thing. But if what had just happened was you had just had a hugely emotional thing happen. Like if you had fallen apart and wept for 10 minutes, right? What would clear that is salt water. Because that's emotion. Emotion is water, right? So different mm. elemental things yeah. require different elemental cleansing. If somebody walks into your house with dirty boots on, if you're you're going to clean the floor, not with sage, you're going to get a mop or a sponge or a rag and clean the floor because that's earth-based cleaning. So how do you clear on an earth level, on a on an emotional level, on a thought level, and on a spirit level? On a spirit level, you clear with fire, right? So when you understand to address what's actually happening with the elements that you're dealing with, then it's the same as... I use this all the time. I believe that human beings are fourfold, not threefold. I think we are body, heart, mind, spirit in that order. So the first thing when you need clearing to determine is what needs clearing? Is it your body? Is it your heart? Is it your mind? Or is it your spirit? Well, let's look at that because body moves at the pace of earth. Heart moves at the pace of water mind moves at the pace of air and spirit moves at the pace of fire so there are your four cleaning tools right so when somebody has just come in your house and spouted religious garbage at you i had a mother-in-law that was like that right made me completely crazy. I no longer have that mother-in-law, gladly, but but I remain friends with my ex-husband. <laughs> but I don't have to do the mother-in-law part of it, which is great. Um, but I always lit a candle when she left. It took me a long time to understand why. I was cleaning out my own spirit because the very spirit of me felt like someone had thrown up all over it. Right? Wow. Well, if someone throws up all over your shoes you clean the shoes, right? But you do that with a sponge, with a rag, with a mop, with a, you know? So if you will address what really needs clearing elementally, and this elemental thing, I teach this to my students all the time, but this elemental thing is amazing because, I mean, you can actually change your communication based on somebody's astrological sign so that you speak to them at their own pace. 
the the astrology signs are are all elemental there are there there are three of each of the four elements so i'm a libra so i'm an air sign what sign are you i'm fire i'm an aries you're an aries i married an aries he's delicious so we correct. are <laughs> which means which which means that i need to talk a little faster to you I yeah. need to keep up with you in conversation, right? Because if I'm all of a sudden in earth mode and talking slowly, I get irritated. Taking my time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Hurry up. What do yeah. you want? That's right. That's right. Do you, is there a point here? Right. I'm right <laughs> with you. Right. Exactly. So you, when you know somebody's major element, you can meet them where they are. If you were a water sign, like if you were a cancer, I would be talking about water imagery and feelings and getting it in your body in an emotional way, right? That doesn't speak to me at all. Man, give me the concept and I'll work it out. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a completely, so you can use the elements to understand your world, which is why I think we are body, heart, mind, spirit. Because if you're body, mind, spirit, I want to know where your heart is. If your body, soul, spirit, what's in your soul? What's a soul? We all use these words as though we know what they mean. And you know what, Lauren? We don't. What's a soul? Well, I, I believe soul is where heart and mind meet. That's where your personality is. That's the part of you that incarnates over and over and over again. That's the part that chose to be an Aries because she's fast and she's quick and she's ready to go right? I'm here to learn. I have things to do. Come on, let's go. Well, that piece of you doesn't go away, right? Your spirit doesn't go away. What goes away eventually is your body because it gets tired out. It's like an envelope that crisscrosses from, you know, Australia to the States over and over. Eventually the envelope wears out. Mm. That's it. It's really simple, but you have to understand what those, if you will, divisions are so that you can get to a sense of wholeness, which is what I think we're missing, which is why I say you're an integrity. There's nothing wrong with you. We're taught to approach life as though it has to be troubleshot, right? Well, I'll just solve this problem and then everything will be okay. Really? Because I've been doing this for 65 years. And let me tell you, it's not ever done. (laughs) I love you, Susan. You're the best. Before we talk about, uh, also, I just got to put it out there. This is going to definitely be a part one, part two kind of show. So we'll deal with that aspect a little bit later. But when you're talking about something that's fascinating to me, I am not going to cut the conversation short because it's important that we honor all this. Plus, I was reading a book by David Wells last year. And he was talking about when you understand how to work with the elements and balancing the elements, you will have the most opportune life. I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, but he was basically explaining that it is absolutely critical and essentially understanding about the elements. Before I ask you about whether or not you think we have to be balanced in each element in the way that, you know, we understand like two in that dish and two in that and two in that. I do want to just kind of uh, go back for a second and reconfirm how we would balance or, or I guess cleanse rather cleanse the elements. So we've got body. So you're talking about body being earth, 
So that would be actually physically cleaning the floor or Yep. Okay. Or taking a shower. Like if you Get clear, like even though that's water, creepy flesh. Well, it's using water, but it's for cleansing your body. Right. right. Another okay. thing you could do would be to use like a, um, a scrub. Yeah. Right. A loofah. Right. Which would energetically clear it. Water clears energy almost faster than anything. So if, if you, like if you know there's been huge emotion in a situation or a space needs clearing, sprinkle water. That'll clear it faster than anything at all. And it doesn't have to be special water or holy water or this water or that water. Tap water is fine. Okay, so that's when you were talking about drinking water is also a way of cleansing the body. And I was thinking, oh, do I need to? That's exactly so right. I mean, right. And they all interact with each other because they, I mean, even though we talk about these things discreetly, I mean, how how is exactly your heart separate from your mind? Which, <laughs> I mean, yeah, mine isn't. No. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay, so the heart then is emotions. So if you were to clear your emotions, how would you do that? And emotions would include anything. I guess we would only be looking to really cleanse emotions that don't feel good, like depression or anxiety or fear, worry. Yes, it actually also works with um uh, uh manic phases like okay. too, too much emotion too much joy too can't go to sleep like you've seen a little kid wound up at the end of a day right yeah. because the party was great or whatever and they can't settle down um so you use liquid things but you know what you could also use a recording of niagara falls right put the put the recording of the of the waves at a beach on That'll calm a kid down faster than anything in the world. Oh, repetitive motion, the sound of water trickling, mm. moving, anything like that. So that'll change emotion, right? Now you can actually do it with physical water as well, but it's to acknowledge that what you're doing with whatever you're using, and it doesn't really matter if it's sandpaper, if that's what you need, right? is I'm clearing my emotions, right? I have a theory about human emotions. You will like, you will like this, Lord. It only works in English, but oh, well, um, there are only four. And if they don't rhyme, they don't count. They are mad, bad, sad, and glad. Everything else is an intellectual variation. Oh. So that takes it back to, to three years old, right? Are you mad? Right. Are you sad? Are you bad? Are you glad? Bad usually means fearful. Right? right? Those are it. So what are you clearing? Right? When you know that, then you know how to clear it. If you're mad, great. You can get mad. That's one way to clear it. But if you can't, right, here you are, you know, facing your boss or your professor or your spouse or your whatever. How, what do you do with that mad? Well, there are all kinds of things you can do, but you want to acknowledge that you need, you, you, you excuse yourself and you go wash your hands. I am washing away the mad right mm -hmm. now so that I'm calm and can continue this meeting, right? So it's your intention. That's how you use your own energy system to help yourself, 
right? If it's ideas, if it's thoughts, if it's words, mind, okay, right? Mind, okay, you pray, you do a forgiveness practice, you do ho'oponopono, you um, repeat a mantra, you do anything to focus your mind on something that's not that, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what happens when something infiltrates your mind, right? And we can do it with something benign, right? So Lauren, whatever you do, don't think about the Statue of Liberty, right? Yeah. How fast, right? There she is. Yeah. Okay, now, don't think about the Statue of Liberty in a tutu. Yeah. There she is, plink, 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 turning around <laughs> in a circle, like at the top of a, a little girl's, you know, jewelry box, right? Whatever you're not supposed to think about is what's going to make itself front and center, right? So someone has said something that's upset you, right? Yeah. Those are ugly shoes. And it's right here, ugly shoes. What do you do? You think about something different. You replace it. Because human beings don't not do things very well. Yeah. Right? That's why you need replacements for these things, right? If it's spirit, you will feel it everywhere. You'll feel it in your emotions. You'll feel it everywhere and light a candle. Light a candle, have a bonfire. Don't set your house on fire if you can help it, <laughs> right? Make a, or take a piece of paper and write a list of the things that are upsetting you, that hurt you, that this and this and this and burn it, right? Be safe, Yeah. but yeah. let there be fire of some kind. I almost always happens, have a candle or something like that going. I just, I love fire. Yeah. I just need that spark. And that I'm an Aries. Yeah. It makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. I guess that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. And that will help with your empath stuff. So you're not wiped out energetically mm. deal with what's happening. Right. So, I mean, who knows you're on an escalator in the mall and a mom and a daughter are in front of you on the escalator and they're fighting and it so reminds you of a time when you were 13 and having the same argument with your mother, right? You're in the middle of that argument. Don't, don't let it exhaust you. Think about your mother. Forgive yourself for even remembering it. Forgive your mother because you're now a grown-up and not having that same argument right now. Thank God that you're no longer 13, right? Yeah. And send a prayer to that mom and, and, and child. By the time you're off the escalator, you're fine. Right, right. Instead of staying in it. Yeah. We stay in it and we create neural pathways that replicate things. It's what, you know, it's what Carolyn Mace talks about when she writes about woundology. Does I haven't it, read her work. To you? Isn't that surprising? I don't know why I haven't read her yes. work. Okay, I'm on it. Um, well, uh, so woundology, she talks about people intending to heal their wounds, but getting stuck in the identity and the social leverage that having that wound gives them. Right. And you know, so, that's so interesting because I was, I don't know how you feel about their teachings, but I love Esther Hicks teachings and the Abraham teachings. Uh -huh. And um, yeah. And I was, I was uh, reading about drama or like watching a video or something on it. And um, she was talking about how, yeah, like very often, drama is perpetuated because 
people like to share their sad stories and it's perpetuated and it's the role that people play. And we very often go, Hey, Susan, let me tell you about all the awesome things that are happening in my life. <laughs> right. Cause that's just not, well, I mean, you would love it. I'm sure. But you know, in general, that would be seen as being boasting and we would probably have, you know, issues around talking about that. And it's just funny mm -hmm. how we do, you know, we want to play these roles. We identify it. One thing that um, you were, when you're talking about being on the escalator, what that made me think of was how sometimes what we do, it's like, we want to process things out, but we don't always know how to do it. And I remember I learned about replacing thoughts over 20 years ago when I watched What the Bleep Do We Know, which changed my life. It's totally a weird movie to watch now, but at the time it was amazing, although I think it's probably still as valuable. And I understood about, you know, being aware of what I'm thinking and replacing my thoughts. But I still think that I probably am not processing everything when it happens the way that I I could be, you know, where I go, oh, I think I've processed that maybe through a couple of positive affirmations and I've let that go. But really it's like going, okay, that affected my mind, body, spirit, and my heart. I need to come in. I need to light a candle, have a bath. I need to, um, what else would I, yeah, wash my body and then drink some tea or something like that. And then I would be uh -huh. solved. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we're not, what we're not taught to do is, is tune in and figure out, oh, how has this affected me, right? Instead, we do, and this is why heart gets left out all the time. We do broad brush global feelings. Oh, I'm so tired. Well, wait, are you tired or are you hungry or are you angry or are you lonely? Or do you have something that you actually need to talk about? Or should you write in your journal? Or should you go, you know, do three yoga poses? Like what really is going on? But we're not, we're taught to gloss over the heart piece, which is why things replay because heart wants it healed. Heart really wants it healed. No and you and your heart knows when it's not healed because and that's how you know because you replay it that's what we do we replay it so when we're replaying something i was doing some work <clears throat> just yesterday on something that i thought i had let go and forgiven a long long time ago uh someone who betrayed my trust uh, financially and it cost me a lot of money mm. and i thought wow like, how can I even be upset about this anymore? And then I thought, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm not upset at her for what she did. That part's done. I'm upset because I feel like I was fooled. Mm. I feel humiliated. I need to forgive me, not her. Oh, the minute I did it, the mm, in my heart was gone. How did you forgive yourself? Right? I just said, oh my goodness, I forgive myself. If I could have known better at the time, I would have known better. And maybe yeah. I would know better now, yeah. but I didn't know better then. Yeah. So, so I'm mad that I wasn't 65 when I was 62 when it happened. Like, what is the problem? <laughs> right. Yeah. But we're not taught to look. Oh, 
what is the next level of this? What is the next level of this? And the root a level really question to ask yourself, how do I complete this? Oh, cool. How do I finish this? What would finishing this look like? Feel like it might be, you know, 30 days of the same affirmation till you finally got to the base of it and you realized, oh my God, it's a conversation I heard my mom and dad have when I was six, which is of course not at the top of my mind today. That was a while ago, right? Yeah. But, and that's why, I mean, I honestly think Lauren, that's how I have stayed fascinated with this for so long. I could walk into a room full of 200 people, all of whom told, said they wanted the same thing right? I want to lose five pounds, all of them, right? Every single one of them would have the, that desire hooked up differently energetically. No one person would be the same. So do you mean you, they would hook it up to like, I'm a failure because I can't lose a weight or I'm not good enough they to look good, that. or uh -huh. I'm afraid of stepping into my, my mother path. was right. Or my mother was right. Or right, you'll right. never amount to anything. I overheard my grandmother say when I was in the third grade. Or And all of that will be in a different place in your energy system. How do we find it and make a choice about it as opposed to play victim to it? Right. And I learned because I did my level one theta healing, which means I'm not an expert, by the way. <laughs> but I know some stuff and they do talk a lot about identifying the root cause, pulling out the root cause and replacing it with something positive, which just on a side note, that actually helped me. I did. I worked with um, Veronica McClintock. I have an episode with her here for a listener at home and Susan, if you're interested, and she healed me from being afraid of talking to spirit. And, um, uh, cause I was always kind of nervous about that. Now I'm doing mediumship, which is just so cool. But I guess where I'm going with this question, Susan, is that uh, do we really have to find the root cause or can we just kind of bring in affirmations and avoid the root cause? Because I also don't really believe that we always need to figure out why things happened because I think the past is gone and the present is important. I agree with you. So I agree with you. And I think there's it's overemphasized. Yeah. And it's also like some people get into the drama of the story and then they go down a whole other thing. And then I think it actually creates secondary trauma and I don't find it helpful at all. So sometimes I go, yeah, do I, can I just figure out the root, like in a really casual way, which is the way that I like to do everything. <laughs> well, here's the thing. This is, this is the prayer I pray. Heal what needs to be healed and reveal what needs to be revealed. If I need to know it, let me know it. Hmm. And if I don't, I'll let it go. It, the, the notion is, the, the concept under this is, if I know what caused this, I'll be able to avoid it happening again. Uh, okay. That's a nice theory. Maybe you will. As long as I control everyone and everything around me forever and ever. And that's actually what we're taught is that we need to control everything around us, which is one of the reasons 
which is one of the reasons there is an epidemic of motherboard meltdown that is known in most of the world as Alzheimer's disease. Mm. Because those people understood that they couldn't control everything and yet were taught that they had to try, mm. right? And they gave up. Their brains have said, that's enough. I'm not doing this anymore right we get, because in point of fact and this is actually in the in the in the um hebrew bible in the torah um we're given dominion human beings are given dominion we are given dominion between our own ears the end this is where your dominion begins and ends you don't get a say in how other people react. You don't get a, you don't even get a, even a, an opinion. Other people get to do what other people get to do. And you work out living with that, right? But where you get to be okay. I mean, there were, there were just midterm elections in the US and the, and the uh, media went completely off the deep end for the preceding three weeks to the point where I sort of quit reading the newspaper because I, except the art section, because I was like, ah, I'm really tired of this. I don't want to play. Come on, come on. We don't know what's going to happen. Let's, let's let everybody vote and then we'll figure out what happens. Right. But until the votes are in, it doesn't really, but it could, you know, if there's too much sub subjunctive tense in, in the news, this could mean this, and this could mean that. And this yeah. might mean this, and this yeah. might mean that. And th why, right? So, but bottom line, I don't get a say in how everybody votes, but I get a say in how I vote, and I get a say in how I react to everybody voting or not voting. I get a say in, do I really have to listen to everybody's couldas, maybes, mights? Let's be scared about this. When in point of fact, the front page of the New York Times this morning said, what red wave, <laughs> right? They predicted all this drama, 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 none, no drama. It's still as polarized as it was the day before. Interesting. Okay. We're going to learn. We are going to learn. That's what we're here doing. Not getting lessons. I actually coined a word. You will like this, Lauren. Bless. We're getting blessings from now on, right? Mm, what is the no, blessing? I like it here it's yours you may have it blessings I, I i i'm interested in having only blessings anymore because yeah. lessons lesson right things do not happen to me they actually happen for me yes. if i will look for what that is so yes. to go back to your original question that originating thing um is somehow based on the notion that if we know something we have control over it right knowledge is power and maybe it goes maybe. back to what you were talking about is that on a subconscious level we go if i know what happened then i know not to create that exact same scenario again which is bullshit right because it's all and, about and actually and how brain. would you know yeah yeah. And also then we could get it, into the conversation of memory, which is like subjective. And are we even remembering anything accurately anyway? Which is a whole other thing. Right. <laughs> right. 
Exactly. Which is complicated. I do want to ask you before we keep moving on here about, um, do you need to balance your elements? I remember I was reading the book, The One Thing, and it's a business book, which I'm hyper passionate about business. And um, it's about time management. And it was basically talking about how balancing is a lie and how you don't need to be balanced in every quadrant equally because everyone's different. And sometimes you need a lot of this and sometimes you need a lot of that. And it's not always going to be the same. And I guess my question to you is in relation to the elements though, do we need to be balanced or do we just need to be aware that if I feel sad then I need to heal my, I need to give myself some love. Or if I feel like overwhelmed in my mind that I might need to just kind of burn some sage maybe and, and release a lot of mental um, anguish that's happening, for example. Thoughts on that? Right. Um, I, I think, I think balance, balance is a lovely idea. And God knows I have four planets in Libra. So I came here with an agenda about balance, but <laughs> I will say that you know, it's like the yin yang symbol where the white side is the yang side with the black dot, which is yin and the black side is the yin side with the white. There, there you go uh, with the white dot, which is yang. And, and that symbol has done a great disservice to Taoism and to energy workers the world over because it's very beautiful and it's really lovely, except that it's meant to be two two things differently one three-dimensional and two in motion mm. right that's a photograph of a moment of balance and the moment is so fast that it can't ever stay that way right it's like the chakras people talk about your chakras being balanced oh bunk chakras aren't balanced not ever but they also don't have to be, some of them, hugely big and overworking and some of them hugely tiny and underworking. How do you, so balance is the word that we call everybody working together. There's another word for it, which is symphony, oh. right? <laughs> which doesn't imply balance. Sometimes the flutes play louder than the trombones. That's just how it is, right? Yeah, that's really interesting. So I guess I'm I'm led to the next question of being that, you know, okay, if if balance is a nice idea, it's still sort of honoring maybe maybe balance isn't even the right word, but I guess it's sort of honoring your needs within yourself based on your own makeup in your body, heart, mind, and spirit. So for example, one of the things that I've learned um recently in, in relation to elements is also that you know, let's say you are have a lot of earth, so a lot in your body, to, to use some of the words we're using today. Uh, if you have a lot of earth, you may not be doing anything. You may be kind of like stuck on the ground. Maybe you've got an idea that you really want to get off the ground and you really need to like get, you know, your soul, like spark your spirit up. So you might light some fire and you might be able to do that. So what kind of happens though, if you have too much of an element or you have too little of an element, like, do you then work at balancing that out with the other things? Is that where we could use the word balance to make it kind of work for us? Or 
is balanced against so just really not maybe the right word or an appropriate it's not the right word and i don't know if if between us we even know the right word but i would say what you're looking for is motion in that example but if i'm crying all the time and i have too much let's say water and i'm only saying too much in terms of that I've worked with people before who who cry all the time and take everything personally and it's affecting their mental health. That would to me right. be like too much water, too much emotion, a lot of heart. Okay. Yeah. Right. So the, then the question is, all right, look at the elements. What does air do to water? Air helps water evaporate, right? Fire turns water into steam. Earth turns water into mud. What does the person actually need? Well, it depends on the context, right? Mm -hmm. Does that person actually need to speak up to the spouse that's making her do the crying? Let's just use that as the argument, right? Or the parent who hurt her, right? Well, then what that person needs is fire because what they need is steam, right? They need mm -hmm. energetic to be able to speak up and say, actually, no, mom, you don't get to tell me I'm good for nothing anymore. Particularly when you live in my house, you're losing your mind and I'm taking care of you, right? That's exactly what, hap that's exactly yeah. what happened with my grandmother. Well, I, and I said to my grandmother, do not speak to me that way. And my mother, I was, I was almost 40. My mother yanked me out of my grandmother's room by the, by the upper arm like I was five. You can't talk to your grandmother that way. I said, watch me. And turned my back on my mother, went back, and I said, Grandma, you say you're sorry. And Grandma said, I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt your feelings. And it was absolutely forgotten, and it was fine, right? My mother was so shocked she couldn't speak for two days wow. because she never spoke back to her mother. And she hated her mother as a result. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I was essentially my mother's fire to balance out what was happening in that scenario, right? Mm -hmm. So what's needed? Ah, you need to make a business presentation. You need mind. You need mind and you need, uh, so you need air and you need earth, right? You need to get yourself grounded. It doesn't matter that the last time you gave a presentation, somebody smacked you across the face and told you you were an idiot. That was last time. Yeah. You need to get out of the past, come into the present and stay far enough away for the guy not to slap you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe don't burn sage because then all my ideas would fall out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so it's, it's contextual, right? What is it that you need to do or want to do rather than where you are? And if invariably, that's why I say it's motion. It's, it's action into a cycle of connectivity with the other elements. And what happens when you focus only on one, like if it's a, if it's a circle, right. And it's quadrants, let's say there's, you know, there's earth and there's air and there's fire and there's water. And you're looking only at water. The other three, A, are feeling neglected. And B, if you turn around and deal with them, what do you actually need? 
right? Then you're going around the circle and you're connecting to all of you as opposed to a part of you. One mm. of the things I found very, very effective, um, and you've heard people say this, I'm sure a million times, right? There's a part of me that yeah. feels this, thinks this, right? And I was, and for a long time, I kept thinking part of you, like what? <laughs> and I, and I eventually got to the notion that it, there was a 13 year old in you talking or a seven year old or a 20 year old, depending on how old you were, right? All those year olds are in there depending on what's happening, right? Well, many years later, I discovered something called IFS, which stands for internal family systems. And all of it's based on the notion that you have parts and that sometimes your seven-year-old is in charge. And that's not a terrible thing, except when you're driving and a seven-year-old doesn't know how to drive, right? Yeah. Then you need to put your 40-year-old back in charge because you're actually behind the wheel of a car, right? But that part of me thing gives you a way to witness what's happening. So yes, there's a part of your client who's weeping and can't stop crying. Uh-huh. But the whole of that person, the entirety of the integrity of that person isn't weeping. That person is just facing the sadness. Okay, now let's look at the other What's the idea behind it? What's the energy behind it? The spirit behind it? How is it playing out in your life? How would you like it to change? And the minute you know how you want it to change, you're going to go to other elements. Right. And then you will know, I want to be able to speak up or I want to be able to stay where I am, or I want to be able to um, maybe love myself more or talk to myself nicely. And then you would know, okay. That's right. Right, right. And the other option is for them to say, I don't want it to be any different. I want to stay in this. And that's when someone like me or someone like you says to our client, in which case, dear one, I can't help you. Yeah. You I'd love to help you, <laughs> but I can't help you until for as long as you want to stay there, you may stay there. I say this to people all the time. There is inside every one of us something called the island of enough. And only you know how to get to yours. And only I know how to get to mine. Until you get to the island of enough, you're not going to stop crying. When you get there, call me back. I'll help you. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That gave me goosebumps. Okay, Susan. So we uh, were actually supposed to stay to the script today, which was to talk about chakras, which we kind of started doing. And then we went into the world of elements, which is fascinating for me. And I'm really happy that we did. And I think our listener at home like really enjoyed that as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up the episode today and we'll come back with part two, where we actually will focus on all things chakra related. Just before we wrap up, is there anything that you wanted to talk about in terms of the elements that I didn't ask you? And also, what is the best way that people can get in touch with you? Uh, to get in touch with me, I have, two, I have two websites. All my fiction is at susancorso.com. And all my spiritual work, including all the podcasts I do and the chakra work, is at I ampersand.org that's i-a-m-p-e-r-s-a-n-d.org 
And you are more than welcome to reach out. I do take private clients sometimes. I often take students, particularly in terms of chakra work. And uh, it would be my pleasure to to work with anyone who wanted to reach out and, and ask for some assistance. Um, there's, there is, I would like to leave everybody with one thing about the elements, one specific thing. As somebody asked me a long time ago, if there were one gift that I could give humankind, what would I give everyone? And it's a sentence. And the sentence would be, your imagination is your salvation. If you can imagine feeling differently, behaving differently, doing something differently, having life be different, you can create it. And it only takes your imagination to start that, which costs you nothing except looking past right where you are. That's so beautiful. What a great way of ending. Well, thank you so much. And I cannot wait for part two, all things about the chakras. My sincere pleasure, Lauren. What fun. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.